what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. Number three underway here on this Wednesday. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Text message, 744-2990. David Teal comes up in about half an hour. But right now, as is usually the case here on a Wednesday in the Power Hour leading off, it's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. Good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Good morning. Nice to visit with you today. When is it going to warm up, by the way? You have the latest intel on that, please. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting like you. It won't be this week, although uh, they say on uh, next Monday about 57 degrees. Does that count as warm? I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, <laughs> the baseball team and the softball team, they had players out there taking ground balls and hitting yesterday, and I'm like, good gracious, it's like snow flurries. Yeah. And they're at a, now they have indoor facility, too, but uh, the kids want to get outside. You know, they Spring do. training starts here in a couple of weeks it's down amazing. in Arizona and Florida. Uh, I'm ready for some baseball weather. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just hope we can get through February uh, fairly unscathed from all the frozen precipitation. But I'm with you. Um, It wasn't frozen inside the castle on Monday night. Uh, Your take on uh, Virginia Tech, and is this now a vision of what we're going to see going forward out of this team now that they get Hunter Couture back and healthy? Looked a little bit like last year's team that started 2-7 and in the conference, then turned it around. This Mm -hmm. year's team was 1-7. and Yeah, I think you're right that with Couture back, it's a different team it, it, on both sides of the floor, right? Not only his shooting, but his defensive ability. In fact, yeah. he ended the game with a great steal. I thought that we saw something really interesting, I thought, on Monday night. Number one, it's a transition-slash-building uh, year for Duke. Even though they've got great players, it's it's so different without Coach K. And I've seen them several times on television, but I, but I watched – closely the Duke bench during the games Monday night. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to see that on TV, right? Because right, you're right. Because you're ball of the ball. It, it, is, it is different. I think, the, obviously, it is Duke, their tradition, the players that they are have on their team now and continue to recruit, the system, that they'll be fine. But this is a transitional type of year for Duke. Um, they're not the, the Goliath that they once were. I mean, if you think about it, Rick, Tech has now beaten Duke for the last five times in Cass. Right, right. And they beat them in Barkley Center for the ACC championship, okay? It, 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 this is not – everyone used to always say Duke is Duke. Well, 
it's not what it was. No, not um, at all. Not at all. And, and and for Duke fans to expect, you know, 32, 33 wins, I'm not sure that's happening. But I think for both teams, they're going to, they're going to have interesting. The next six weeks are going to be really interesting for both of these teams. You know, Duke is not ranked, um, which which is something very unusual, right? Going into the month of February. You know, as for the Hokies, if they are healthy and can get solid guard play, they're going to be a tough out the rest of the way. And you know, they got that win. Now Syracuse comes, and uh, this is going to be a fun February for Hokies basketball. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, the two games against Miami, the return trip uh, by UVA, I mean, there's some opportunities there for this team. And it is nice to have Hunter back. And you're right, I think people kind of forget from time to time how good of a defensive player he is. And he anticipated that pass almost like he knew it was coming to end the game. So here we go with Mike Young in February. Let's see if it happens two years in a row. I thought the other story from Monday night was Castle. I mean, you know, Duke's not ranked. It's not – you know, one of the great K teams. Hokies have lost seven in a row. And Castle, <clears throat> Castle was rocking. And we talk an awful lot about how Lane was like that last year. The the, the great theater that is tech football and tech basketball is remarkable. And that is, at this point, one of the great strengths of Virginia Tech athletics, that the atmosphere at those facilities on television and in person is incredible. Agreed. And yeah. we almost take it for granted, right? Uh, but a big Monday game, I watched some of the Syracuse-North Carolina game last night. Didn't compare. No, no. Not at all. And, and and you know, traditionalists, you know, you like the old, quote-unquote, the old barns, right? The old... Yes. Uh, the yes. atmospheres you Absolutely. see at some of these places. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, Kansas or, 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 or wherever like that. You know, these old buildings and... And then Tech's got that, and uh, it was alive on Monday night. It was so fun to be in there. Well, I think that that's a great point, and we've talked about that throughout the football season, Bill. Even though the team wasn't having on-field success, the crowds were so terrific. I mean, even at Wofford, they get 62,000. They never wavered, and it is. It's a big, big plus right now, and these fans are one of the most attractive things about you know these school, about the school right now. I mean, it really is. Well, They've been terrific. Yeah, especially when it comes time to putting games on television and getting exposure for your program because you know there, there's very few schools that have the football-basketball combo that Tech has in terms of atmosphere. You know, I don't hear anyone talk about now, now that I say it, someone will write in or some SEC fan. When's the last time anyone ever talked about the atmosphere at Alabama? Right. Now, they get 100,000 people, and they win every game, but I hear a lot about empty seats there because their students don't go, right? I, I hear that. Um, when you think about Virginia Tech, one of the first two or three things, if not the first thing you think about, is the atmosphere at our venues. Well, and it really showed out on Monday night. Uh, now, on the other side, the ladies' side, again, it's Duke, right? And uh, they're going down this time on the road to Durham. An opportunity now. And, boy, how about Liz Kitley, player of the week? And she has really risen her level of her game since she's come back from injury. Uh, Wasu's healthy. I mean, here they are, similar track, right, getting everybody healthy at the right time. All right, here's a bold statement, right? Yeah. I think this Virginia Tech women's basketball team is not only has the chance to be the best women's team ever at Tech. Mm-hmm. It, it probably is right now. Okay, I'm not sure it's not going to be one of the best two or three teams in any sport ever at Virginia Tech. I think that this is a team that has a legitimate chance to make a Final Four. 
It has a it has two conference player of the years players of the year on its team. Mm-hmm. It's got so many offensive weapons. I don't know that they could beat South Carolina to win the national championship, but I. I'm really, really impressed. Kitley is the best player that has ever played women's basketball at Tech. Yeah, she is. And she is. And she could be a national player of the year type of player. And I hope our fans understand what we've got because it won't last forever. Although, you know, Liz technically does have that COVID year. She could, but she's going to be Tech's all-time scoring leader. <laughs> she's going to have all these records. They they, they play Duke. They're, now, Duke's women's team's pretty good. They're on the road this they week. Are. They, they are. And they go to UVA. So keep an eye on Tech's women's team. Again, it's January. You've got to stay healthy. But uh, this team has a chance to be something really special in the annals of Hokies athletics. I agree 100%. And Kenny Brooks deserves so much credit for not only bringing these players in, Bill, but he does a great job of managing those preseason expectations with reality. I love his – He just his emotions are so well in check out there, right? He's such a key part of this whole thing. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He's, he's – um, we talked about this back in November. Remember, Rick, when you know, he went out and he scheduled three SEC teams in the non-conference. Yeah. And they won all three of those games. And he, this is not a surprise, but he wanted to test them early. But, you know, their RPI or their net ranking, which is more important, is really high. They they had, they had two slip-ups, if you don't follow the team. They, they lost at home to Notre Dame, which is a top-five team. And then they they lost at Miami. And, <laughs> you know, Miami's pretty good. Miami Miami's also a really good team. But but those aren't quote bad losses, and and now they have a chance to get, pick up some really big wins here over the next five six weeks. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report here on BDST. We'll step out. We'll take a break. We'll come back more with Bill, who get us updated on what's going on with the SMA. Lots always happening now that we're headed into February, especially. It'll be the Baker Team game of the week. Find out who that's going to be, and then Bill's NRV Heart Clinic top three. The Ross Report on a Wednesday. More coming up with the voice of Virginia Tech football after this. a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. This is Rick Watson, voice of the Radford University Highlanders and host of Big Dog Sports Talk. Let me tell you about my friend Louise Baker with the Louise Baker team of Long and Foster. If you are looking to buy or sell here in the NRV, I can think of nobody better to take care of your real estate needs than Louise. She's meticulous, very detail-oriented, and will work to make what can be a very stressful time as stress-free as possible. Call Louise today for all of your real estate needs. You'll be glad you did. For more information, go to nrvhomes.com. That's nrvhomes.com From the classroom to the studio to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech Sports Media and Analytics Program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we are back here on the program. Bill Roth and the Roth Report. What is happening right now with the SMA? 
I want to really give a credit and a tip of the hat to a gentleman by the name of Eric Fry, who's a Virginia Tech alum who runs the ACC network operation at Tech. And a lot of what he does is train our students on the technical side of things. And we have two control rooms in the south end zone at Lane Stadium where they do every broadcast that we do, whether it's linear, which means it's on ACC network or one of the other ESPN platforms, or nonlinear, meaning it's on the app. So there's a Virginia Tech women's soccer game, and you watch it on the ESPN Plus app. It's not on ESPN, but it's on your computer, your phone, or, or it could be on your television if you've got the app, right? So I think that's the difference between linear and nonlinear, and we've been doing that for a few years. But we had a first on Monday night, and I stopped by Eric to congratulate him yesterday. ESPN ran the big Monday game, mm-hmm. the Virginia Tech-Duke game, completely out of Tech studio, which meant... So ESPN brings the talent in, the announcers that you hear, and it also sent a director and a producer, and they sent an associate producer and a TD, the technical director. Okay, everybody else was was someone local, which means about eighty percent of the people who crewed that game Monday night were tech students. The camera operators, audio replay, those were Virginia Tech students running a big Monday game, and we had never done that before, and. Basketball is a little different. So when we play a football game, say, for example, uh, a big football game on a Thursday night, the West Virginia game, ESPN brings several trucks in, yeah. and they crew the whole game. Okay, there's two trucks sitting outside Lane Stadium. If you've walked in, you've probably seen them in the in the compound there, right next to the stadium mm-hmm. on the west side. There's two semis that, that park there. Okay, There were no trucks Monday night. That was all done out of our studio, our ACC Network studio here at Tech. And the experience that those kids get, most of these jobs in SMA, Rick, are behind the scenes. Right. Right. The right. graphics and replay and audio and, and, and camera and, and all those things, right? And our students caught an amazing experience Monday night. And there was a play in the last minute of the game, uh, inadvertent, well, punch to the neck of a mm-hmm. Duke player. And there no foul was called, as it turned out. But all those replays, you know, th- those are cameras run by Hokies. And you saw it after the game on SportsCenter. You saw it the next day. It'll be replayed over and over again. And uh, I'd be so excited that our students have the chance to do that because I talk an awful lot about the kids you hear on the air and in front of the camera, but most of the jobs are behind the scenes. Right, and, right. And they did a great job, and that was the first time we've done a big Monday game out of our, our uh, the Virginia Tech ACC Network studio, and it went great. Yeah, very cool. And to be honest, just uh, watching it, you couldn't tell, right? If somebody would have told you that beforehand, you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. So that's exactly right. We're doing 100. So uh, Eric said they're going to do 180 shows, meaning games, this year. Oh, wow. Wow. A lot lot of softball, a lot of baseball, a lot of men's games, women's games. I mean, every sport, everything is on. Yeah. So those students get a lot of opportunities. Very cool. Very cool. All right, uh, what's your Baker team game of the week? Now we got a lot happening with the NFL, college hoops. Which way are you going here? I'm going. Uh, I'm going. This is an unusual one. Okay. I'm going two struggling basketball teams. <laughs> <laughs> it is different. <laughs> KU against UK, mm-hmm. Kentucky and Kansas. All right. Kansas has lost three in a row, mm-hmm. and they're playing at Kentucky. By the way, after that, they still have. I think their next three games are against top 15 teams like Baylor and I'm, I'm not sure top of my head. Baylor, Kansas State, and I'm not sure who the third one would be. Anyway, this is a really 
big, big game for Kansas. And they're not used to losing three in a row. And the Big 12 is so stacked, you can see why it could happen. Um, uh, and, and as for Kentucky, boy, could they use a big win. So that's my game, K-U-U-K. Well, couple. Also, the Virginia Tech-Duke women's game. Yeah. That's really the game we should be talking well, about. <laughs> uh, that's sure. also... Right. That's also that's a Thursday night. So those are my Baker team games of the week. Wildcats of Kentucky against the Kansas Jayhawks on the men's side and Virginia Tech and Duke on the women's side. Couple blue bloods there. So, yeah, you're right. Um, Kansas, that is strange to see Bill Self lose three in a row, isn't it? That just doesn't happen. Really doesn't. I think it's just the third time uh, that it's happened. But the Big 12, you can see how it could happen, right? If you yeah. Take sure. a look at the rankings and, and if you – Again, like we talked about with the Hokies the other night, and in the ACC you can play well and lose. I, I don't think Kansas is playing badly. I no, don't think they're playing no. poorly. It's just the league is stacked. And Good now you've got to go to Lexington, Kentucky, which is <laughs> not an easy road trip. Yeah, you're right. It's just a great league. TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State, you name it. Baylor, I mean, it's, it's there. Every night, Texas, I mean, it's a gauntlet in that league right and, now. You know, the last two national champions, right? Yeah, Baylor sure. Yeah, yeah so, right. right. They're not taking a backseat to anybody. Get some props yeah. to the Big 12, indeed. All right, now, I don't know which way he's going, but it's time now for Bill's NRV Heart Clinic Top 3. Three, two, one! Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3, presented by New River Valley Heart Clinic in Radford. All right, so what are you looking at with your Top 3 this week? So, I don't know if you saw yesterday, Tennessee announced that Josh Heupel got a new contract to coach Tennessee's football team for $9 million. Yeah, saw that. Annually. So he's now the 13th college coach that makes $9 million or more a year. Whew. Man. <laughs> wow. Right? There's only 10 NFL coaches that make yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right, right. <laughs> wow. At the, at, the, at the top end, you know, you know, Saban and those guys, they're making more, way more. I mean, at the top end, but, yeah, if you want to make $9 million a year, you should coach in the college mm-hmm. level. But I was thinking, so now him and he and Barnes, are, their total salary at Tennessee is over $12 million. What three schools are paying the most for their men's and women's basketball? I'm sorry, their football and men's basketball coaches? Ooh, I like this. Okay, all right. Which are the top three schools that are paying the most for their two highest-paid coaches? Okay. As of today, this could change by next week, right? True. As of this morning, right? Number three, Alabama. Okay. Coach Oates, Coach Saban, their two salaries combined at fifteen million. Fifteen million. Okay, I was wondering what Coach Oates was making. So he's making. By the way, Alabama. Just so everyone knows, Alabama is ranked number two in men's basketball. Yeah. Right. Right. He's done a great job. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, So Alabama is three. Number two on the list. This surprised me a little bit. Michigan State, Mel wow. Tucker and Tom Izzo. Wow. $15.5 million. Mm. They might be regretting that Tucker deal, too, soon. So, yeah. yeah he's making uh, nine and a half. Mm. Okay. All right. They would never have guessed that one. Michigan State. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Makes and sense. number one, mm-hmm. the do you have any idea? The school that is spending the most money Ooh. for its football and basketball coach combined in NCAA sports. Wow. As of, as of this morning. Uh, I would have no idea. I would throw out an SEC name. Uh, I don't know. LSU? I don't know. No, it's it's Kentucky. 
Kentucky, really? I didn't know. I didn't think Coach Stoops made that much. What's he making? Mark Stoops is making nine million. Is he really? Mark Stoops makes more than Cal. Ooh. Cal makes eight point six. Stoops makes nine. Oh my goodness! So Kentucky. Gracious. Okay. Kentucky Wildcats in their football and basketball program are spending just under eighteen million dollars mm. for those two salaries. Is that solely, you think, because they didn't want the basketball coach to have more money than the football <laughs> coach, right? <laughs> Give him a little bit more? <laughs> Go Big Blue. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Kentucky, Michigan State, one and two in that regard. Wow. And they're not necessarily – yeah. As of today. <laughs> As of today. That could change tomorrow. It really could. It really could. Well, yeah, because uh, – Let's see. Let me just do the research real quick because you mentioned LSU because Kelly's up to 10 now, right? Yeah, he's got 10, but I don't think they're basketball because he's a kind of a new hire. So, um, gosh, 18. Yeah, McMahon. Da, 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 da. Yeah, McMahon's not. Yeah. McMahon's in the four, three, four range. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow, that's incredible. So, Kentucky, and they're not close to winning a championship on either side right now. So, there you go. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. That's a lot of bourbon. That's, that's a whole lot of bourbon. A whole lot of racehorses there now. Woo. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good to know. But, See, uh, those are always fun. I like those a lot. I like those top threes. I'm really excited. So, Hokies and Duke on the women's side, Thursday. Yes. Tech and Syracuse on the men's side, Saturday. And then Tech UVA Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Uh, and now we get into February. See, now we... Now things start to percolate. It does. Right? It really, like really it comes does. to a boil in March, but it starts to bubble. <laughs> it here does. In it does. The eye on the stove's getting warm now in February. Absolutely, despite the month. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. Mar- I mean March is great. We talk about all the time. I, like March is the most amazing month in in college basketball. Absolutely, because sure, the tournament Absolutely. tournaments. But February could be a lot of fun, and I think it'll be fun in Blacksburg for sure. I do too. I do too. All right, my friend, thank you as always. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of the week, and stay safe. See you, pal. All right, there you go. That's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Good stuff. Yeah, he's right. This is going to be a fun march. I mean, I've been talking about it. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with Keon. I think this is a time Tech's going to turn it on and ride some momentum on the men's side. I know the ladies are going to be really strong. I've already talked about that here on the program, but I think the men are going to do the same similar type of trajectory. All right, we're going to break away, come back from one Hall of Fame to the next. David Teal joins us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We'll get his take on all things ACC basketball when we return. Hey, you know it's a special hump day when we're doubling up on the monkeys, which we did earlier, right? Well, last train to Clarksville, now some daydream believers. Come on. Text message, lines open, 744-2990. We're also doubling up this hour on Hall of Famers. First, it was Bill Roth, now from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He is David Teal. David, how are you? Good morning, my friend. I'm not ashamed to admit that was the first album I ever owned. See? Exactly. And, you know, you're a music connoisseur. They turned themselves into a novelty TV act into actual credible musicians, didn't they? They worked hard at it. 
They did. They <laughs> made a good, good living at it. They did. They certainly did. I mean, everybody likes those songs. And you're right. People don't want to admit it, but they like those songs. I'm sorry. They do. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about Tech basketball. A lot of people wanting to get your take. You were uh, watching against Duke. I mean, to me, David, it feels like with Hunter Couture back that they might be okay in February. What do you think? What was your takeaway from watching Tech play? Well, it depends on the definition of okay, right? Yeah, true. Very true. They're sitting there at 2-7, and seven, same as last year. Mm-hmm. I think the question on everyone's mind, certainly on mine, is can the Hokies make a run similar to last season, and in fact better, so they could actually be better positioned for an at-large bid, which they wouldn't have received last season. Right. So just a few things. Last year when Tech was 2-7, and seven, the Hokies were 10-10 and 10 overall. Now they're 12-8. and eight. That's better. Their net ranking last year when they were 2-7 and seven in the league was 63rd. When I checked yesterday, they were 50th. That's a big difference. Mm -hmm. They have two quad one wins right now. They had none at this point last year. But, Rick, here's the blemish that the Hokies need to fix. They are 0-6 on the road. Mm -hmm. And I know that three of those road losses came without Hunter Couture. And the committee will take that into consideration. But that doesn't mask the fact that Virginia Tech needs to win some of these remaining five road games, and that is Miami, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, Duke, Louisville. Got to pick off multiple there. See, that's a great point. Uh, that's kind of like a thorn in the lion's paw, isn't it, by the committee? They're going to see those numbers, like you say, that are improved at the end, but if they don't have X amount of road wins, that, that's, that's a stigma, isn't it? To the committee. Yes. Oh, it's, it is who you beat and where you beat them. And, and hence, the NCAA set, you know, quantifying games as to quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. You know, if you beat a top 30 or a top 75 team on the road, that's quad one. But if you beat the 73rd ranked team at home, that's not quad one. Mm-hmm. Because the committee is more impressed by the fact that you beat them in their building. And their personality completely changes on the road. I know a lot of teams that happens. But, you know, for instance, I mean, just look at the last switch. You know, down at Clemson, that was one of the ugliest offensive games I've seen from both teams. But, I mean, 51-50, it could have been in the 40s, and then they come back at home. So you're right. That's a huge kind of a, a personality trait, too, that kind of shows up at least so far with Mike Young's team. Yep, and they, they just need to fix it. You know, they've got some home games coming up. Syracuse on Saturday is obviously an, another large contest for Virginia Tech. And, you know, do they have the offense, offensive mojo back? They certainly did Monday night. No opponent against Duke had shot as much as 50% this season. The Hokies went for 57%. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me, was I mean, you hate to distill it down to just one number, but that was the decisive factor. You know, were there some gritty defensive plays? And, you know, MJ Collins coming up with a loose ball offensive rebound that led to a Grant Basile bucket, all of that stuff. But at the end of the night, 
It came down to Virginia Tech making shots. The Hall of Famer David Till joining us on the program. David, we had a texter asked, wanted to get your opinion. If Tech ends up with a losing conference record, will the committee, in your mind, weigh that more than, say, their overall net ranking and if they do get two or three wins on the road? A losing conference record, I think, Rick, would sink Virginia Tech. Not not simply on its face. I just don't, you know, if Virginia Tech is 9-11 in the league, that gets them to, what, 19 overall wins? I, I think it gets very dicey at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, a, a big question is, is where do those other seven wins, you know, who do they beat? Do they win at Cameron? Do they beat UVA at home? Now, if those two are among the seven, do they win at Miami? Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 again, it matters who you beat. It's not just the overall record. Yeah, that's a great point. And they've got opportunities, don't they? Miami, Virginia, they've got those opportunities ahead of them. Um, Hank wants me to ask you, does it hurt the ACC, David, that the fact that they have three ranked teams, but neither one of those teams named Carolina or Duke right now? I don't believe it does. And I I know that that's a common narrative. Um, Rick, a a year ago at this time, eventually the ACC only ended up with five teams in the bracket. But back back a season ago, there were only there was one, in fact, team with multiple quad one wins, and that was Duke, only team in the league mm-hmm. with multiple quad one wins. The last I checked yesterday, there were eight ACC teams with qu- multiple quad one victories this season. I think the ACC is much better positioned this season in terms of number of bids to the tournament. Now, how will that translate to seeding? How will that translate to success in the bracket is anyone's guess. I have made the mistake of not being a believer in Clemson, I guess. I don't know. I, you know, When I've watched them play, I haven't been impressive. They had a big night last night. I watched the Tech game. What is your take on Clemson? I mean, they're 9-1. and one. Obviously, they're a good basketball team. I love P.J. Hall, but – how do you feel about that? I know they've been playing a little shorthanded recently, but what's your take on Clemson? Can they continue to be the lead dog heading into the tournament? Can they? Yes. Will they? I don't believe so. I think Virginia is the best team in the league. I agree. Yeah. Greensboro in the ACC tournament, I believe the Cavaliers will be the number one seed. But you mentioned Clemson being shorthanded. That, that to me, is among the most impressive things here of late, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went to Wake Forest and got spanked and, and lost their, their first conference game. And a lot of teams have and will lose at Wake. Not Virginia, mind you. But, you know, but then they came back and they got that home win somehow against Virginia Tech. And I talked to Brad Brownell about that this week and just the importance of that bounce back because you don't want to get on a losing streak after that encouraging start. And I thought it was so important for them to, to beat Virginia Tech. And they're without Chase Hunter, their point guard. They're without Alex Hemingway, their best three-point shooter. But yet they're still soldiering on. And I think that's credit to Brownell, his staff, and his players. The Hall of Famer David Till joining us on the program from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We're talking 
hoops in the ACC and those Virginia Cavaliers. I mean, people may not realize, but oh, look at this. They're on a five-game winning streak, and here they are doing what UVA does. And you're right, they're not flashy. They never will be, but they just are settling in. And boy, oh boy, I'm so happy for a guy like Kihei Clark, who taking the most of his opportunity in college to come back. He slimmed down a little bit, and he is playing as well as any guard in the league right now. Played great. He and Reese Beekman and Armand Franklin, uh, as, as a tandem, have been off the charts. And they've, they've found a little offensive magic with the smaller lineup, not starting Caden Shedrick, uh, and instead going with Ben Vanderclaus. And it's, it's really working. Yeah, you know, they they made fifteen threes at Wake Forest on Saturday, and how peculiar! They missed their first six, and then knocked down their next seven. And that's a really weird way to get the seven for thirteen. <laughs> but uh, when when Virginia's making shots like that, they they border on on unbeatable. That was, you know. The Deacons had been 10-0 at home before Virginia went in there. And you know, now they're on, essentially, their off week. They, they do not have a midweek game this week. And they're home for Boston College on Saturday and then have the quick turnaround and have the big Monday game next week at Syracuse. Do you feel like, David, and it might be an unfair question because there's so many games to navigate through this, what's going to be just a fun February, but do you think they could eventually be number one seed type of of a team this year in the NCAA? I think they could. Uh, they don't have a lot of wiggle room there. But, you know, heck, you know, we, we just saw it. You know, if we're having this conversation a week ago, Rick, Kansas and Houston are number one seeds without question. Yeah, right. And now what's happened? Kansas has lost three in a row. They are routed at home by TCU. Houston loses at home to Temple. You know, those are not results you expect. So, you know, given the, the, the turmoil around the country, is it conceivable that Virginia ends up on the one line, uh, on a one line in March? Yeah, it's conceivable. I. I wouldn't expect it. I think a two or a three seed is, is probably uh, more realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, they can do a lot of damage out of that spot, too. You're right. You're right. Uh, one more thing I want to ask you about uh, Mike Bray. Uh, Radford University opened up. We played at Notre Dame, and, and Mike Bray's great, as you well know. I mean, one of the favorite guys I've talked to, he sat and talked to me about 15 minutes before he did our pregame interview, and you know, he said last year was so important because he felt like there was pressure building, and even he was really disappointed in where the program was under his watch without NCAA appearances. This year he has the oldest team technically in the league with experience coming back. They're 1-9 and nine now. Of course, he's announced his uh, retirement. How much of that do you think is Bray taking responsibility, or do you think maybe he was encouraged to go ahead and do that given how the season has gone at Notre Dame? I, I think, Rick, it is Mike Bray – being incredibly self-aware. Yeah, sounds like it. He, he, he said it at his press conference the day he announced his decision to, to step away. And he framed it perfectly. In his first 17 seasons at Notre Dame, a program that had not been to the NCAA tournament for a decade mm-hmm. before he arrived. Let's put this in context. 
in his first 17 seasons, the Fighting Irish went to 12 NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. That is a big-time revival. And those appearances included getting to the Elite Eight in back-to-back years right. and winning the NCAA tournament. That's exceptional. But the program has hit lean times in the last six years. The only time they've been to the NCAA tournament was last year when they eked in and got into Dayton in the first four, and to their credit, won two games. and had that terrific overtime win against Rutgers. Uh, and then uh, I forget who they beat in the, in the uh, first round and then lost to Texas Tech. Oh, they beat Alabama. Right, in the first right. And, and, and then lost to Texas Tech. But I, Mike Bray liked this team. He did. You can, you can tell talking to him in preseason how much he liked it. And to think that they are one and nine in the league, no, he he knows that that's on him. He said it the other day, I own it. And he he decided to step away. And it it's a big time loss for the game. He's he's a voice of reason mm-hmm. and wisdom on national issues. Uh, he has been self deprecating and humorous and never took himself too seriously. I think it reflected, you know, that was reflected in the way his teams just played loose. And uh, he's, he's been a credit to the profession in the game for a lot of years. And that's not going to be an easy gig to pull out of this hole, is it? Whoever comes in there, I mean, given where that program is right now, it, I mean, we're not talking football here. We're talking hardwood. It's not an easy gig, is it, there in South Bend basketball? Well, it, it, I'll tell you what, it's a lot better gig than when he got there. It is, yes. And they have much better facilities. I've, I've been in them. Um, you know, he, he welcomed me into his office a couple of years ago and was kind of showing it off and, you know, new practice gym. And uh, they, they've got the bells and whistles now that they lacked for most of his tenure there. So, so that helps. But there are academic restrictions. There is the behemoth that is football, which can be a blessing and a curse simultaneously. And it's the ACC. So it, it will, there will be some folks who want that job in, in a big way. Where are you uh, headed this weekend? What's your uh, basketball concentration this weekend? I believe I'm going to go to Virginia Boston College. Okay. Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's closer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, number, and, and, and number two, it's a noon tip. Oh. Uh, which is, uh, man, do I love those noon oh, tips. Oh, you can't beat that. Uh, yeah. And I, and I saw Tech on, on uh, obviously, Monday night against Duke. Uh, and I'll see Tech the following Saturday. In, in Castle against UVA. Haven't seen UVA for a couple of games, uh, so I think I'll take in the Cavaliers. Okay. All right. Well, listen, David, safe travels. Uh, happy reporting this weekend. As always, brother, thanks for your time. You bet, Rick. Be well. Take care. You too. There you go. That's David Teal, the Hall of Famer, his breakdown of the ACC, and we'll see what happens with uh, the Notre Dame job going forward. But I, I really do like Mike Bray. He was very honest even before the season, before he even tipped it off opening night. Game that Radford had won, as a matter of fact, up in South Bend. He said, you know, there was uh, getting to the tournament last year, kept him around this year just because in his own mind he felt like he had let everybody down. And he's very um, self-aware. And I've talked about that. And David just used the 
the phrase that I talk about all the time, right? Self-awareness. Self-awareness is so much, so much, and so important. You know, it really, really is. You have it. You have a chance to be successful regardless of what you do, even beyond what you're doing now. Final break coming up, and then we're wrapping up what has been a busy Wednesday. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Thanks to Bill Rolfe and David Teal here in the Power Hour. Don't go away. Listening to the broadcast, I was wondering what exactly is it? You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk. More BDSD next on WRAD. We are putting the bow on another edition of the program. Thanks to Keon Brown, Bill Roth, and David Teal. Thanks to you, the listening audience. As always, love interacting with you, either either on the Baker Team hotline or our text line. Want to uh, send the show off today. Wish a couple happy birthdays to my good friend and mentor, Wes Durham. Got to get him back on here. It's been too long. Happy birthday to Wes. Also to Radford University Hall of Famer, Kelly Dampier, former Northside Viking product. Man, what a great baseball player he was. Great dude, too. Just to KD, happy birthday. Both you guys. Two of the finest kind, as they say, sharing the same birthday. Kelly Dampier and Wes Durham. Tomorrow, we know it'll be Andy Bitter and Dwight Vick. Maybe other stuff. As it's a national televised game day, game day at Radford University as the Highlanders take on Longwood tomorrow. We'll have a complete preview of that. Get you ready for the Tech women's game against Duke. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day. going to be a little chilly. Some rain out there. Not too bad, though. Bundle up. Be safe. Leave yourself enough time to get where you're going, all right? So you're not turning into bad driver guy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the Thursday edition.
us here at News Center 4. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.